0: Welcome to the Sports Today Podcast, episode 37 of the Sports Today Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by nobody. So, as you know, you can find us on social media at Sports Today TV, where the podcasts are uploaded after they are produced and edited. Okay, maybe not edited, but after we record, we upload, they go out to YouTube, Spotify, TuneIn. Apple, Amazon, etc. So, episode 37. And Super Bowl Sunday is over. Finally, it's done. Out the way. The Kansas City Chiefs won. 49ers choked. More so. And there's there was some uh, situation that went on. The Kansas City had their little parade today. And there was a shooting at the parade. <laughs> I mean... And crazy stuff. You can't even have a parade and enjoy yourself after winning the Super Bowl. So that also we got some NBA stuff to talk about. LeBron James and Golden State. There was some kind of rumor of apparently the Warriors or allegedly, according to ESPN, the Warriors was begging for LeBron I'm going to tell you why I don't really buy that fully, and I think it was more so the other way around, but we'll get into that as well, and we're getting closer and closer to the draft, free agency in the NFL, a couple moves being made, uh, coaching uh, moves and stuff like that, and Caitlin Clark, will she? she's getting ready to set the all-time NCAA scoring record, she didn't do it on Saturday. Well, on Sunday, she kind of folded under pressure. But uh there might be a little more to that story. So, we'll dive into that if there's time. So, let's start off with the Super Bowl. Kansas City. Now, I watched I watched a lot of the second half. I watched the beginning of the game, but so at halftime, the 49ers were up 10 to 3, but you never really thought that the 49ers had full control of the game, right, if you watched it. It didn't look like San Francisco was really dominant, despite being up 10-3. Offense was a little shaky. Both teams were kind of like, eh, the game was kind of boring. There was some drama before the game, people complaining about the national anthem and stuff like that. Now, now here's here's the thing I want to say about that real quick. So, I didn't watch the beginning of the game with the anthems and all that. I was somewhere to do something. I was off doing other stuff. Like I said, I didn't start watching the game till the game really started and I was in and out mostly in the first half. So, people are mad about this Black National Anthem stuff, right? And look, what this anthem is about it's, people say there's only one anthem, all that other stuff is BS. And I get the complaints, I really do. But is that, look, why why make this a big, giant deal? Do people really care about this anthem like that? Like, I've seen it all over the place. I thought, I thought you guys were boycotting the NFL. Like, were we really caring about this anthem like that? It just seems like people are just reaching and searching for division. You get what I'm saying? Like, I just don't understand the problem with that. They played the regular anthem. People, they played the Black National Anthem or whatever they called it. Hey, from my understanding, it wasn't really called the Black National Anthem until um, by black people. It was initially, it was another song title, and then they labeled it that because they wanted to say, hey, why they why they have an anthem? And I like how people who react to this, like it's just happened for the first time ever. It's the same reaction every year. I guarantee you, we copy and paste the tweets, the comments, the texts, and you go back to the time machine. You're going to see the same exact stuff. Why? I was wondering, why is this thing blowing up? They did it last year. They did it. They've been doing this, but this year, it seemed like it was more people more pissed off about it. But their reaction to it was like if it, if it was the first time it happened. Right? This thing was already announced pre and advanced. They said what they was going to do. So you had the option to turn off the game. You had the option to not watch it. Uh, I think that. If you don't have to listen to the Anthem. You really don't. So, I, I just have a problem with where is where is something that as that really doesn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things, as far as like the big picture of sporting events and anthems. I mean, a lot of times if you've been to a sporting event during the national anthem, people are up running around, they're going to the bathrooms, they're going to get food, they're in line for concessions and all that stuff most most people are already on like their 6th, 7th, 8th beer they're not really they're not really into the or caring about oh the anthem's on I gotta, you know and if you're trying to pretend you are, you've never been to a game you're full of crap Okay, not to say that people are purposely disrespecting these anthems I'm just saying the reality is when you go to a tailgate, you go to any of these events, people are already drunk before they get to the stadium. Do you think they really care about a national anthem being played? You think they really, like, oh, oh, if they really were so respectful of the national anthem, they wouldn't show up to the game drunk. They wouldn't be drinking before the, the game starts or before the anthem starts. They would wait until the anthem is played, they would stand up. And then after the anthem played, then they'll go get their alcohol and get drunk. That's not what's happening. So I just really think that sometimes a lot of these, a lot of these things are blown out of proportion just so people could be upset about something. That's, how, that's where we're at now. We must be mad about something. We have to find some reason to be upset. Right? Hockey games, they play the Canadian Anthems and American Hockey Games before the National Anthem. They do both. No one cares. No one says anything. It's, it's something that's been going on for a long time. And just like the people have a right, if, if, we, if we're saying that this country is a free country and people have the right to freedom, then you should exercise your right to not listen to the anthem, turn your TV off. If the Black National Anthem plays at a, at a sporting event and you're at the event, you don't, don't stand up if you don't want to. That's your right. It's your choice. Just like it was their choice to not stand up or it was their choice to take a knee. Whether you agree with it or not, I'm not saying you could agree, disagree with something and acknowledge at the same time that it's their right To do it. That's what's great about America. But all the comments. Oh they don't do it. They play that anthem. Get out of here. Go back to Africa. Like. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the more you. Complain about it. The more it's going to become a thing. I say just ignore it. Don't stand up for it. Only stand up for the national anthem if that's what you believe. And and don't make it a conversation. It it, it really unless you're making it a conversation because you want it to stop. Are you in a position to make it stop? You're probably not. So what's the point of having this conversation about something that you can't change? If you really feel that bad about it, don't support the NFL. Don't buy the products. Don't tune in. Don't even talk about the NFL. Don't feed the NFL algorithms on social media. Because when you complain about it, you're feeding the algorithm. You're letting people know, hey, people are interested in the NFL. Whether, Whether you're negative talking about it or positive, that's still a plus in the algorithm for the NFL. You tuned into the game. You turned that TV on. You gave them that viewership. Because that's the only way you knew about it. You had to watch to know. You had to complain about it in a real time, meaning that you were feeding the beast. You were part of that 123.4 million because you complained about it, right? D- despite the fact that you were supposed to boycott the NFL since Kaepernick, but you came back. Why did you come back? you need something to complain about or did you really like the NFL and all that talk about boycott was bullshit just like with Butt Light one thing we know for a fact is Black National Anthem was played Butt Light was all over the TV, Butt Light was all over the NFL you watch the game anyway because you don't have nothing else to do just like 120 plus million other Americans or people Watch the NFL Because you like the NFL You like the drama You like Taylor Swift secretly And you needed something to complain about So you watched And the NFL won The NFL won the weekend Taylor Swift won the weekend Because The people who Most of the conversation that surrounded With Taylor Swift Or the Black National Anthem All came from people who were not supposed to be watching football, according to them. And they boycotted the league. So they single-handedly gave the NFL fed the algorithm, fed the viewership, single-handedly fed the beast. Thank you. Right? That's what the NFL did. Roger Goodell's like, thank you guys, all the people who hated us, all the people who Aided Swift and look, I, I think the Taylor Swift thing was annoying. I think it was annoying showing her every freaking sec few seconds. Fifty four seconds she got. That's a lot. They're trying. They'll tell you that fifty four seconds is not a lot. That's a lot. Think about it. But it made them money. It made them money. So that's why they didn't care. So I think. The NFL won the weekend. They got the high ratings. And this is going to usher in a new generation of should they put the games on pay-per-view. I think this is part of the plan. Honestly. But the game itself. Let's talk about the game. The game was bullshit. Now, I said earlier I was talking about how. 49ers had a 10-3 lead but it never felt like they was going to win this game didn't feel like they wanted to win it seemed like they were doing everything in their power to not win the game missed tackles injuries, phantom injuries guys apparently got hurt running onto the field missed tackles I mean the missed tackles in that four quarter overtime by the 49ers who were fairly aggressive early on, then getting aggressive at the wrong time and then playing prevent defense a lot of the time to, I don't know, it seemed like, you know how if you're playing a video game and or two-player game and, and the guy pushes the defenders back to try to help his guy get extra yards, it was kind of like that. Like the 49ers defense apparently just like was on autopilot and just stopped playing. They just stopped playing. I saw the one play with Travis Kelsey, which um, would have been the game-winning touchdown, but he got he didn't make it. But the one defender swipes. Like, he just does a half-swipe tackle, and Kelsey just, like, runs right by him. And then the, the play, I think it was a play before that with Patrick Mahomes, where he was making a run, And no one seemed to want to tackle him either. It just seemed like the 49ers did not want to make tackles. They did not want to play defense. They wanted to lose this game. Maybe because it was in the script. I don't know. It was just very fishy. But all in all, the 49ers won the game. I mean, the, uh, uh, the Chiefs won the game. Patrick Mahomes gets another Super Bowl. And now all the chatter is about should Patrick Mahomes be the GOAT. But before I get into that, let's talk about Brock Purdy for a second. Because Brock Purdy, who who I told you guys early in the season, now I will admit that I did backtrack off of that. and And I said initially early on in the season, in the NFL preview, I said I wasn't sold on Brock Purdy. I thought he was a bit overrated. I didn't think he would have it in him. But then he proved throughout the season that he was legit. So I came back around and said, you know what? This guy's legit. But then in the Super Bowl, and mainly in the second half, where was Brock Purdy? Where was he? Big moment. Nowhere to be found. He disappeared. He pretty much disappeared. Disappeared. Now, did he disappear because the bright, the lights were too bright? Or did he disappear because it was part of the script? Right? I mean, that's for you to decide. I just find it kind of odd that Brock kind of disappeared. They stopped going to what was working. Christian McCaffrey, for, for the most part, was unstoppable or was having a great game. But then in key moments, he didn't get the ball. How did he not get the ball to your guy who had, I think at one point he had like eight catches for 80 yards. He had another 80 yards on the ground, but he was only averaging like 3.6 yards a carry at that point. But he was seen to be on a roll at over 160 total yards. Why didn't give him the ball? Why wasn't he not getting the ball? And then here's another kicker. To go back to San Francisco for a second. Travis Kelsey, who virtually did nothing in the first half, then all of a sudden in the second half, the guy is wide open on every play. Wide open. The best offensive weapon that Kansas City has is open on every goddamn play. Every time he caught the ball, he was open. Every time. And, most of the, and a lot of the time it was in the middle of the field. Now, the, the few times where he ran out and he got the ball downfield, you know, that's tough to cover because once the play develops and and he's running around, yeah, you can lose him at some point. But the middle of the field passes that he was catching, every time you see it, he was open, he was wide open. Like, how do you not guarding or having someone on the guy who is the best weapon on the team? He did a decent job in the first half, and the second half he let off. The defensive coordinator who ultimately got fired, he got fired today because that second half defense was dreadful. What was his game plan here? It seemed like he was playing to not lose. I still think that they wanted to lose this game because it was part of the script. But let's just say if I say it's not part of the script and the game is legit, right? Let me, let's just say if I say the game is legit, no conspiracies, none of that stuff, Then you got to ask yourself, what was the coordinator doing? Why was he coaching like he was trying to not lose a game? He wasn't, you know, he was being very passive. And you can't do that with Kansas City. You cannot allow Kansas City to stick around. And that's what happened. You allowed them to stick around. you You kept it close. No leads are safe. You should know that. Didn't you come back a couple weeks back from the Lions? You were up big, you were down big, and you came back. You gotta know this. We've we seen Tom Brady come back in playoff games. Coming back in playoff games, coming back in football games is seemed to be a norm. Now, after watching Brady come back from 28 to 3, no lead is safe in the NFL. No lead. None. And, and and you notice a lot of these leads get taken down. They lose these teams supposedly good teams are losing double digit leads at like an all time rate. And it happens across the sport across sports. Right? I think the only the only sport where you if you get a big league, you probably can't lose is probably hockey. Like if you go up four nothing in hockey, you probably win the game. Unless you're completely bad. I mean, baseball, you could lose a big lead if guys get hot with the bat. Um, basketball, of course, you could lose a big lead. We've seen that all the time. And NFL, you lose big leads. Shit, the other night we just saw, um, uh, it's not on the same degree, but shit, Caitlin Clark and Iowa lost a big lead on Sunday, early that day. So the, the leads are blown all the time. Double-digit leads. So you couldn't have thought, Oh, I'm up 10-3. We're safe. I I just didn't understand the game plan. It was just complete opposite of the first half. And 49ers did everything. Like I said, I think the 49ers did everything in their power to not win that game. If If you ask me, did the Chiefs win this game or did the 49ers lose this game? I'm saying 49ers lost the game. They gave the game away. They gave away the Super Bowl. They gave it away. It's going to be one of the most puzzling theories in sports history when 20 years from now people are going to go back and think, "Why? how did the 49ers lose that game? But so after the game, immediately a lot of people started talking. Is Patrick Mahomes the next? Is he the GOAT right now? Or some people say he's already number two, which is ridiculous. And there was some pushback out there, of course, many people. But the new sports analysts, the new people who are who are controlling sports talk and all this stuff, they're really they're already about to put Patrick Mahomes in the GOAT category. They're comp- comparing him and Brady's first few years, saying Mahomes is better, he's got more yards, he's got this, he's got that. Considering the fact that they're not giving you context behind that, talking about how the game is different today, more yards are being thrown, more touchdowns are being thrown because there's virtually no defense being played, and the game is geared to favor the quarterback. Brady didn't really get to get that benefit until probably 07 with Randy Moss. That was the first time when he got a weapon. But for the most part, early on, I think his first, what, Five, six, seven years. He didn't get to really get that benefit of uh of um the soft play for quarterbacks. Now Brady of course Brady didn't play in the rough, rough era like the Aikmans and Bradshaw and all that stuff like that and the Merinos. But you know, Brady got the tail end. And the offensive explosion pretty much took off right after almost in the 2010s. So a few years after that. A few years after 07. So I'm just saying that it's really premature to try to say Patrick Mahomes is already the GOAT or close to Brady's, not even close. But I understand why this conversation happens because it's something to keep the NFL rolling. It's big business now to have these GOAT debates. And people understand that sports today is unwatchable. It's really not as good, not as competitive as it was 15, 20 years ago. So you can't go out of this. See, lucky for the NFL, Brady just retired. So they can carry that on all the way through. They can carry that over. But I think with Mahomes, they see Mahomes as clean. He, there's no uh, dirt attached to him, as far as like allegations of cheating. His style of play is geared towards what the league wants moving forward. So they would love to usher him in as the GOAT because then it kind of takes away from, hmm, look at Mahomes. He's a guy, he's mobile he could throw. He's a new type of quarterback that we want to push forward in in the next NFL. Let's face it. There's a bit of a race tone narrative to this. Right? Tom Brady, white guy, skinny, wasn't really athletic. They want to try to get rid of that. They'd rather it be Mahomes who Now Mahomes is not fully black, but he is black. He does have a, a edgy style to him. He's cool. And That's the type of guy that kids will probably look up to. More kids growing up today are probably looking up to Mahomes than they are Tom Brady. That's just a fact. Nothing against Brady. I like Brady. Brady's the greatest of all time. But to me, Brady is kind of like a more successful Larry Bird. Right? Think about it. kids today trying to be Larry Bird? Larry Bird one of the greatest of all time. But he gets disrespected in all-time great conversations, and when people talk about all-time greats, they're talking Jordan, Magic, LeBron, Kobe. You rarely hear people talk Larry Bird. You almost got to force it in there. You got to talk to either people in Boston who grew up on Bird. Besides that, you go outside of Massachusetts or anywhere out of the Northeast area, no one's going to bring up Larry Bird. Maybe people in Indiana, and Hickville, where he's from, but outside of that most people are not talking about Bird when they do talk Bird they laugh huh Bird he ain't that good not even athletic uh huh like they make fun of him you can clearly tell those people who have never watched like Bird or know nothing about Bird but Bird is being forgotten um so Tom is gonna get that kind of treatment soon now Like I said, the difference is Brady was much more successful than like, bro, Brady's considered the greatest ever. But they're really trying to hold that very short. They won't even let Brady enjoy the GOAT status for a decade. They're already ready to take the GOAT status away from Brady and hand it to Mahomes. And it's not because of accomplishments. Because if you look at achievements and success, Brady wipes the floor with him. So why the rush? There's no other explanation but to try to usher in this new generation behind Patrick Mahomes or or players like Mahomes. That's the only reason. That's the only reason, people. And you can dispute that if you disagree with me, fine. If you think there's another reason, I would love to hear it. I would love to hear your reason. But in my opinion, I believe that there is a a certain narrative push to try to replace Brady already and force to get Mahomes to be the go. Problem is, it's not going to happen. It won't happen. It just won't. Because and I and I mentioned this before about the factors on why Mahomes has no chance of catching Brady. No chance. Because you got to factor in. Herbert's coming. Justin Herbert is coming. Trevor Lawrence is good. Joe Burrow is here. Joe Burrow. You think Burrow goes away? Burrow already has his number. Burrow could beat Mahomes. So Burrow's still a factor. And we still can't forget about Allen and Lamar who could put together the seasons here and there. Now, me personally, I don't think Josh Allen is that great, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is that great, but many people do, and they have played well. Lamar is obviously the MVP. Should he have won it? That's another discussion for another time. But there's still threats. There's still factors in where, in a one-game playoff, they could they can give they can beat the Kansas City. Now they haven't, but they can. You can't count them out. So you got about a, you got about five six quarterbacks in the AFC alone, AFC, that's going to prevent Patrick Mahomes from even getting close to Tom Brady. I still say today, if Bro doesn't, if Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, the Bengals are they're they're probably in the Super Bowl. They're probably in the Super Bowl, or at least the AFC title. Who knows what would happen? I mean, woulda, shoulda, coulda means nothing. But what are the chances that the Chiefs win three straight? What are the chances? I think Kansas City got extremely fortunate this year. They got very lucky that a lot of things went bad. I mean, this season was probably the most mediocre NFL season across the board. I mean, you had second, third-string QBs. Yeah, guys starting that shouldn't even be in the league. You had... Injuries to star quarterbacks. I mean, there was a lot of weird stuff going on. A lot of weird stuff. So, Kansas City, all they had to do was just survive, and they did. So good for them. That's when a good franchise is able to overcome or, you know, stay on track while everyone else is folding. So good for them. But they're not, they're not going to win three in a row. They're not. I'm still sticking to my timeline. I think Kansas City got about three to four more years left until things start to go the, another way. Think about it. Kelsey's already in his mid-30s. How how, much, how many years does Kelsey have left? And I think if you, they lose Kelsey, that could be bad business. That could be bad business. Andy Reid's up there too. How, how much longer does Andy Reid want to go? maybe a couple more years maybe so what does mahomes do mahomes is the only one on his own timeline he's he's probably got another 7 5 at an mvp level 7 8 overall at a really good level how many super bowls do you think he can get in the next 7 to 8 years right maybe because let's just be clear, Mahomes is not playing until his late 30s, 40s. He may tap out at about 36, maybe 37. Maybe. 35, 36. it will have something happen. It'll be a major injury. Not a major injury, like some kind of nagging injury or they'll struggle. He, he, I'd say Mahomes got about another seven years left. Seven years. Don't look at what Brady and Rodgers is doing. Oh, they played late. They were great. No. No one's going to do what Brady does. Brady is an anomaly, folks. That's not going to happen. So. Maybe Mahomes gets one more. Maybe two. Or maybe he gets one or two more chances. I guarantee that he'll win them. I mean, so I, think, I think, honestly, the next seven years, I think Mahomes probably gets to another three Super Bowls in the next seven years. Gets there, not win them. And maybe he'll win one. Maybe. He could, he could very well go 0, 0 for 3. But I'll say he'll win one out of the next. He'll win one out of the three. One and two. He'll probably do. Maybe two and one, depending on who he plays or how soon is it if it happens you know quickly but what we do know is that one of these Super Bowl teams will not make it next year. We know that one of these teams won't make it next year. It's almost like a every day every year there's always something like this teams that get to Super Bowl one of the teams fold. Something happens, injury, uh, they underperform. I mean, people were sure that the Eagles would be back in the Super Bowl, right? Remember, they were booking that. Mahomes and Hurts coming back, right? People booked it. They thought for a fact that was going to happen. Eagles looked like they was on the roll too. And then things just, eh, not so fast. Not so fast, Philly. So... Which one of these teams are are likely to not make it? Because at least one will not. It's very hard to go against Kansas City, right? Because you're like, well, back to back, they can look for three in a row. Then if you factor in the NFL, maybe they find a way to get them back there. The only way Kansas City does not make it back next year is if an injury happens. Like they won't make, you know what I'm saying? But they even though they can get to the AFC title game and lose, if Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, Cincinnati's gonna have problems. They didn't they just lose their offensive coordinator? That could be a big deal. So there there is a little bit of stuff going on there. I believe they lost their offensive coordinator recently. If I'm not mistaken. Let me see. I believe they did. I have to look it up. But uh, I want to say San Francisco probably doesn't make it back. Unless they make a complete upgrade. If I'm San Francisco, honestly, I call Tom Brady. I know they flirted with Brady for bringing in Brady, I think, last season. Or this offseason, I don't remember exactly. And Brady was like, you know, I'm retired, but if they had Tom Brady. They won the Super Bowl easily. If they had a a elite quarterback, like a veteran quarterback, they probably win the Super Bowl. And I'm not even trying to be funny against Brock Purdy because I know Purdy played well. He earned his spot, but they probably win the Super Bowl if they had Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Even, I'll go as far as to say Kirk Cousins or even Matthew Stafford. And I'm not saying Stafford and Cousins are better than Purdy from a talent standpoint. Obviously, the ceiling, Purdy has a higher ceiling. But a veteran QB probably wins them the Super Bowl. A healthy Jimmy Garoppolo probably wins that game. Probably. Maybe that might be a stretch on Garoppolo. <laughs> But Garoppolo has seen some success. But um, so if you're San Francisco, do you make the call again? Now, Brady's going to be, what is Brady going to be, 50 or 40 something? So, but do you even just consider it? Do you consider going out finding a veteran QB and seeing what you could do? Or or, or you're like, you know what, Brock earned his spot. We're not, we're going to let him play through it. We're going to bring them back again next year and see if we can go. Right? And that's what, sometimes that happens, and this is the bad thing about having a young quarterback who is on a different timeline than the rest of your team with veteran players who are already established, like Debo Samuel and George Kittle and your defense. Your young QB who is cheap, doesn't cost you anything, but, and has seen early success. So it's kind of hard now to say, well, yeah, you've been successful early, but we're not getting over the hump and we have a roster that is very talented, also Christian McCaffrey as well. We need to capitalize on this now. Do we want to risk and wait to hope that you take it up another notch next year? Because this is the NFL. Nothing is guaranteed. This is why I'm saying that the San Francisco may have to consider it. They hurt, they did last year, so I don't see why they win this year. Yes, it may hurt the ego of Brock Prudy. It may, it may very well hurt his ego. Because he's been to the playoffs twice. He's been to uh, AFC, uh, NFC title games. He's been to the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's going to hurt his ego if he says, you know what, we got to go out and get a veteran. You're gonna go get Tom Brady because you just seen what happened when your team could break down, your injuries can happen, and then you're done. I'm just saying, Brock Purdy did not show in that Super Bowl that he's ready to be the star franchise QB long term. He just didn't show it. He should have won that game. And the Kansas City Chiefs probably played their worst stretch of football throughout their playoff. This is not their best run. Not even close. This is not they were they were not great by any stretch. They could have lost any one of those games that they played this year in the playoffs. They were very vulnerable. And Brock Purdy did not make a significant great play. All he had to do is make two play. If he had made two great plays in the second half, San Francisco wins the Super Bowl. Two, one or two plays. And yeah, you could pull up the stats. You could say, Oh, yeah, he did this, he did that. In the playoffs, stats are good. After the fact, stats are good for the armchair people to sit back and say oh look he put up these amount of yards and he put up this many touchdowns but in the Super Bowl you need a moment and Brock didn't have it he didn't have a moment the great ones have the moments they always have moments moments that decide games and when I watched San Francisco in the Super Bowl second half you never thought that they would have a moment and it was always we we all kept saying McCaffrey's going to have to carry the load McCaffrey's carrying the load and that's not a good thing in a super bowl when your running back is carrying you that's not a good sign especially when you when the other team has Patrick Mahomes you need to go imano imano quarterback against quarterback and nothing against McCaffrey McCaffrey's great he, i think he's the best back in football but the super bowl your quarterback Needs to make plays in situational moments. You just gotta, you gotta make a big play. You gotta make something. You gotta do something. You gotta take that team, rally the troops, make a big play, make two, three big plays, clench that goddamn Super Bowl. You go into halftime 10 3, you should have been 17 3. You got to get touchdowns. You can't go for field goals against Patrick Mahomes. You can't. You understand that I have a rookie kicker. I got to get down there and get a touchdown. I'm not going to put that pressure on my rookie kicker to kick a field goal that ends up getting blocked. I got to get that team down there for for seven. I got to get that touchdown. Right? I got to get a touchdown, not tie game, get down there, Tie the game, extra point. No. I got to get touchdowns to keep that pressure off the rookie. Now, the rookie missed the extra point, got blocked. I get it. But if you're if you going into the game 17 3, you score another touchdown, you got a nice little lead. Maybe the rookie's not as nervous. He felt that pressure big time missed a pretty easy extra point too I mean a chippy he was making 50 plus yards which is wild 50 plus yards no problem even on the kickoffs the guy was kicking it from during the kickoff 90 yards through the goddamn thing but an easy chippy it was cause he was nervous he felt that pressure That goddamn pressure got on him. But to me, I think the defense was embarrassing in the second half. I know people are going to blame Kyle Shanahan for his offense, and he gets blamed too. Him and Brock, don't know what the hell they were doing in the second half as far as the offense. And George Kittle, you got the best tight end offensive weapon, receiving weapon, and you're not getting getting him the ball. Inexcusable that he doesn't touch the ball as much as he should have. I mean, don't know what was going on there. McCaffrey not really touching the ball in that second half, the overtime. What was going on there? Brock Pretty not making any plays. I'm telling you, something's fishy. That's why I go back to my conspiracy mode because I just can't believe a team that talented could just completely fold like that when you could see the signs that something else was going on. And that's where I'm at with that. I don't know. Let me know what you think. So let's move on now to the National Basketball Association. Queen James and the Lakers. So apparently there was some news and rumors about the NBA trade trade deadline pass and LeBron. Remember, LeBron was already pissed off that he, and I talked about this on Sports City Radio a few nights ago, LeBron was mad about during the um, Kobe Bryant statue unveiling. Everybody was there, Lakers coaches, staff, but LeBron didn't show up. And some people thought, "Hey, LeBron's pissed off at Lakers franchise for not making moves at the deadline to help him get more players, get more help." And now this was then, so that's why I think this new story coming up now, claiming that Lake that Warriors was begging the Lakers. For help begging LeBron for LeBron and then they try to say oh well LeBron denied it he rejected the, the chance to play with the guy that the one guy that he said he wanted to play with he's talked about this on his barbershop show he said the one guy he would love to play with is Steph Curry so when the Warriors begged the Lakers to trade for LeBron all of a sudden LeBron said no and during the same period of time where LeBron is pissed at the Lakers and want, because the Lakers went and get, get him more help. But apparently, LeBron was like, no. This is why I don't believe the story. I believe it was more so the Lakers trying to save their ass. LeBron wanted, probably wanted more help. And... He couldn't get it, but it had been very embarrassing for the Lakers to try to trade LeBron, and there were no takers, because there was talks about Lakers, should the Lakers trade LeBron before that, but what would the Lakers get for LeBron James with Golden State? Would the Lakers really hand LeBron over to Golden State? Probably not. Did Golden State ever... And why would Golden State want LeBron? That makes no sense. I I get why Curry would love to play with LeBron and possibly even Draymond. But why would the Lakers want LeBron? And they probably would have had to give up somebody or other pieces. They would have had to get a third team involved. A lot would have had to go into that. And that thing would have become a bigger story because as soon as the third team got involved, the whole league would have found out. That's why I call it BS. I don't think that Warriors were begging for LeBron. (laughs) I think that's some phantom that LeBron's agent made up. Right? They made it up. Because they were pissed, LeBron, his agent, mad that the Lakers didn't go out and get any help, so they wanted to make it seem like there's teams out there that want LeBron. Yeah, I mean, Golden State were begging for us, they wanted us. So you mean you better do what LeBron wants. Well, we'll walk away next summer. Come on. I think LeBron's. Is they're setting up a scenario for LeBron to walk out. That's what they're doing. They're setting up a scenario for LeBron to walk out. He's leaving next year. He's he's gone. He he won't be a Laker after this season. I think also another factor is the Lakers don't they're not gonna they don't want to draft Ronnie. I think they're done with the LeBron drama. I really believe that. I think Genie understands the value LeBron has to the franchise for his marketing and all that stuff. But I think they're done with the circus. The only way that changes is if LeBron brings home the bacon, meaning that they win an NBA title. They win an NBA title, then they, they forget about it. They say, oh, okay. What do you want, LeBron? But if he doesn't win a title... They gave him everything he wanted. They made trades. They kept all these players. Austin Rivers. Austin Reeves. Excuse me. They gave him everything he wanted. They went out and got Anthony Davis for him. They fired head coaches. They've done everything they could. They've exhausted every power they had. And they typically would not do this for any other Laker. Right? So I think they're fatigued. I think they're LeBron fatigued out there in L.A. I think that's what it is. They're LeBron fatigued. When he's not winning titles, he's useless. In the grand scheme of dealing with his BS. Yeah, yeah, you know, people come to the stable center, but no matter what stars are playing for the Lakers, if they're big name players and they're winning games, people will show up. They'll show up. It's stable center. It's the Lakers. But I think they're gonna I think they're gonna want to get rid of LeBron. Or want to move on from LeBron. And they're not interested in drafting Bronny James. Which is going to be a stipulation for LeBron. For the new team that he wants to play for. First of all, Bronny James is not even ready for the NBA draft. He's not. He's just not that good. And I've said this many times. It's nothing wrong with acknowledging that Bronny James is not ready yet. He's a freshman in in college. A freshman who had a cardiac arrest event and luckily to be playing basketball right now, right? Whatever happened, we don't know the full details. We don't know if it was COVID-related, Vax-related, whatever. So the fact that he's on the court playing, good for him. But as far as NBA ready, he's not close. And LeBron put pressure on his son, By saying, now this is after his son had the cardiac arrest and passed out and all that other stuff. After all that, he still had the audacity to say that his son can play on the Lakers right now. Calling that a lot of guys in the NBA suck and all the stuff like that. This guy is completely toxic. And put the pressure on his son. So now everyone's watching. Okay, well, LeBron believes he could play today in the NBA right now. Let's see what he's doing over at USC. Oh, nothing. Five points a game, you know. Shows flashes of good ball movement every once in a while. Get hit an open jumper, but he's still shooting about 37%. Not even close to being ready. Not even close to being ready to be a college star. Shows decent ability, size on defense. But not elite. Not elite. So LeBron put pressure on his son and that's an enormous pressure. I don't even, like, does Bronny even want that pressure on him to get to the Lakers if the Lakers still had LeBron and they ended up drafting Bronny in the first round or even second round? And then knowing that this kid is not that good and he's sitting on a bench or being forced to play because the coach is like, yeah, hey, we got to play. We got to play his son or LeBron's going to be mad. How many teams really, How many teams really want to deal with that as of right now? Now, things can change. March Madness can come around, and, and, and USC is really not even that good of a team, right? They're not that good. So who knows where they'll be at in the NCAA tournament, right? But let's just say... For the sake of for the sake of argument that March Madness comes around and and, and USC gets lucky, make a couple a nice little run, and Bronny shows some promise in the tournament where everybody's watching, that will be where his draft stock will ultimately rise, right? That would be the time that it would happen. And if that if it does happen, Right, If it does happen, then a team will be tempted to draft him because they think, oh, okay, the kid looks like he's really good. He put on a big show and stuff like that. So all I'm saying is you got to understand that and then let's, I'm going to look up something real quick here as, as we are because I want to see where they're at standard-wise because we're already in February. is right around the corner before you know it. See, the, yeah, USC, they're 12th in the Pac-12, so they probably won't even make the tournament. See, I thought they were better than that. They're 12th in the Pac-12. And all the talk is is about... Bronny James so all it talks about Bronny James who's not even the best player on his own team right not even the best player on his own team but the the articles are out where Bronny James will he stay will he go The million-dollar question once college basketball season ends, and all signs point to the freshman leaving for the pro level. Say what you want about his readiness or preparedness, but the name on the back of the jersey holds a ton of weight. His odds of being drafted aren't too high, but that isn't stopping people from placing odds on where he will land next season. According to BetUS, the New York Knicks hold the second shortest odds to draft Bronny James at plus 800. The Lakers, where his father plays and future Hall of Famer, have the highest odds to land Bronny at plus two hundred. So, so now they're saying, so this is all a big, a big joke, right? A big joke. So, Lakers and Knicks are the two places where Bronny can end up. This guy's career is going to be over. He is done. If he follows his dad. If I'm Ronnie James honestly and I know I've heard people say this Austin Rivers talked about this in in a different way and people jumped on Austin Rivers Now remember Austin Rivers is the son of Doc Rivers who played in the NBA, coached in the NBA and Austin grew up in that setting under his dad's shadow as when his dad was a coach the pressure of being a Rivers but now on Bronny James is going to be 20 times bigger because Bronny is the son of LeBron James, who is a much better basketball player than uh, doc rivers by far. So you got that going on and then you're going to play for LA or New York. New York is going to eat him alive. Now, L.A. is a little bit more celebrity laid back. You know, they'll let him off the hook a bit. That's why he's not really seeing a lot of criticism, even playing at Southern Cal. But if he goes to the Knicks, they got to eat him alive in New York. The Knicks fan base, the most bipolar fan base in the history of basketball, they will chew you out and spit you out, chew you up and spit you out. One day, on Monday they'll love you. On Tuesday, they want you dead. On Wednesday, they're ready to trade you. On Thursday, they love you again. That's the New York Knicks fan base. Depending on what's going on every night, unless the Knicks plan on going eighty-two and zero and winning the title, you got a roller coaster ride heading your way. If you go to New York and LeBron and Bronny James is not ready for the NBA. It's one thing to be ready for the NBA and end up with the Knicks. That is still pressure. How many star players or guys who are really good don't want no part of New York. They love going to the garden to play against the Knicks, but they don't want to be on the team. They don't want to be in that franchise. And a big reason is because the Knicks fan base. Don't play. It's not a game. They will go crazy. They will chew you up in no time. And they'll have no problem giving you love because they'll do that too. Now, if you're great, they'll give you love. They'll, they'll, they'll love you. But if you're bad, you struggle. And and LeBron's already thin. He doesn't have a thick skin at all. He's already sensitive. He throw. He gets guys throwing out of games, right? You see what he does on the road. He is not that strong mentally. So I can't imagine the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to Bronny. He may not be as thick skinned either. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So I'm just saying, if I'm Bronny, I'm like, look. I get you, you want to play with me, I'm honored, but I need my own path. I need to stay in school another year. At least become a full-time starter at USC. Maybe lead the team, get to a Pac-12 title, be in Pac-12 contention. I mean, you're really going to leave. You go to USC for one year, finish 12th in the Pac-12, don't really play, don't really do much, and you're going to go to the NBA? Because you're going to live off your, the name James. Don't live off your dad's legacy. Create your own legacy. Go back to school. Lead USC to a um, to a Pac-12 title. Or at least get them to the NCAA tournament. Get on a big stage. Crop, carve out your own legacy. And then go to the NBA. And if I'm LeBron James, I would want that for my son. Don't rush your kid to the league because you want to prove something. LeBron is very selfish. If he's fought, he rushes his kid to the NBA when his kid's not ready, just so he can say, I played with my son. I did something Michael couldn't do. Because that's what it's all about. You think LeBron really? LeBron cares about himself only. He doesn't even care about his own kids. He don't. He doesn't care about his own son. He will risk his son's Future, in order to be able to say, Hey, I played with my son, Michael Ditton. I'm the GOAT. I want a playoff series with my son, or I want an NBA title. I want an in season tournament with my son, Michael Ditton. The guy is a narcissist. Okay. He doesn't care about anybody, including his own son. If he did, he wouldn't wouldn't have put that pressure on him. Now, you can say, well, dads, of course, dads are going to have expectations for their kids and all that stuff like that. I get it. Of course, if you're a father, you want the best for your kids. You want the best for your kids, but but you don't say, you don't make those comments about him being able to play with the Lakers right now and trashing your own teammates and when your son just came out of... uh, is lucky to even just be able to be alive. Putting that pressure on him to make him feel like that, oh, he he shouldn't even be he could play in the NBA right now. And this is why he doesn't get any put he doesn't get any sympathy from me or many people because a lot of people would, would try to excuse his performance at USC to say, well, give him a it's give him a break because he just he had his uh his cardiac arrest. That's like the excuse you heard. He he had he had the he's had his cardiac arrest. Give him a break. No, you don't give him a break. Not after what LeBron said. LeBron put the pressure on him, so he has to live with it. You don't get a break for performance when your dad said you could play in the NBA right now. If you could play in the league right now, you could be able to get criticized for not performing. On the collegiate level. Okay. So you can't have it both ways. You can't say we got to back off of him. Because he's a a college freshman. He's only a freshman. But then. Be excited when LeBron says. Oh he can play in the league right now. And he said that before. Before Ronnie. Even played a game at USC. He barely played. I don't even even think he had even played yet. And LeBron was saying that. Because he said that. I believe last year So This is why Bronny can get the smoke And get it criticized We want to criticize his basketball I'm not talking about his personal life Same thing with LeBron It's not about his personal life It's about him And his selfishness On the basketball court and that selfishness that selfishness doesn't only apply to LeBron, it applies to the whole franchise. The L- he has a franchise, Laker franchise, hostage. Every team he goes to, he has them hostage. That whole roster has been put together by LeBron, by LeBron James. Then complains that he has no help. You were the to hyping up Austin Reeves like he was the next great thing, called him the White Mamba. Disrespecting the legacy of Kobe by calling Austin Reeves a white Mamba? Like, come on, because he had a good couple months, and you got to live with that guy. You got him paid, and I got to live with it. And he's like, "Oh, he ain't as good as I thought." Now nah, I need, I need new players. I need, I need more. I need more guys. I need more help somebody come help me we gave you what you wanted we gave you everybody you wanted all the players on that roster are your hand-picked guys your hand-picked what else do you want LeBron's gonna cut the BS seriously he's gonna cut the BS so let I wanna hear let's hear real quick on um Stephen A. Smith responds to the rumors. Now, I already gave you my thoughts on the whole thing. I think it's complete BS. I don't think Warriors were begging nothing. But ESPN, who is hired, a hired gun for the NBA and the LeBron factory to make LeBron look like this great individual who apparently doesn't do anything wrong, Let's hear what Stephen A. Smith has to say about this. Play the clip.
1: I'd say yes, simply because Steph Clay, Steph Curry, I'm sorry, is the greatest shooter God ever created. And LeBron James having somebody like Steph Curry to kick the ball to would have been absolutely fantastic. Now, according to my sources, because you know I'm not gonna just sit up there and is is great and phenomenal as Woj is. You know, I've been covering the NBA for decades, so I kind of know a few people. Um, The story was absolutely true. Um, It was certainly that the Warriors were looking to pursue. um, And, you know, according to other sources, Rich Paul killed that deal. Rich Paul didn't want that to happen. That's what I'm hearing. In fairness to Rich Paul, I haven't spoken to him, haven't had time to speak to him this morning, so I don't know whether to confirm that or whatever. In fairness to Rich Paul, we want to make sure that we're clear about that. But obviously, when you think about all the things that LeBron has going on, Tinseltown would be a lot better than San Francisco and I'm quite sure that no matter what Rich Paul may have wanted to do for people out there to say that Rich Paul basically killed it you have to take into consideration Rich Paul is not gonna kill a damn thing that LeBron doesn't want him to kill mm-hmm. so if it was killed by Rich Paul therefore it was killed by LeBron James having said all of that I think that highlights an issue that we have to we can't ignore any longer we have to wonder how happy LeBron James is with Lakers management and by Lakers management, I'm thinking Palenka more than Genie Buss. Genie Buss is absolutely phenomenal. Everybody loves Genie. We all know this. But in the same breath, if you're LeBron James, you're looking at the team. You're wondering about what exactly is being done to position you for title contention.
0: All right, let's stop that right there. So LeBron's upset with Laker management, right? But LeBron is the one who. These are all the LeBron's guys. This is why why I don't understand this. These are LeBron's guys. And and Stephen A. says that Rich Paul might have killed the deal. And of course, Rich Paul killed it because LeBron didn't want it. But I don't really buy that either because, like I'm going back to what I said before, LeBron said he wanted to play with Steph Curry. He's on record saying he wanted to play with Curry. And if he's upset with Laker management and he wants to play with Curry, then why would he kill a deal if the Warriors were begging for him? And not only is Curry over there, isn't his buddy Chris Paul over there too? So he would have had a couple guys he likes. And Draymond also said he wanted to play with LeBron. He wouldn't mind. And another, uh, I think he said that a while ago. But I don't really think. So, so they so they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouths here. He's upset with Lakers management, more so Rob Polinka. He's saying that the Lakers ain't doing enough to help him out. But then, Rich Paul apparently killed the deal that could have gotten him to Golden State to play with Curry, who he wants to play with. So this whole story is not making a lot of sense. To me, I think it's a lot of cover-ups, a lot of BS, a lot of lies, a lot of back and forth. I think LeBron is trying to backtrack to make it pretend that he might have wanted out of LA, but there was nowhere to put send him, and the Lakers were like, nah, we're not going to move you. We're not going to move you." Now to act to say that I'm not going to say that the Lake the Golden State weren't probably interested. But do I I think that initiation came from Golden State? No. I think LeBron might have, or Rich Paul, or whoever it was, might have winked over to Golden State, sent the message of, hey, you know, LeBron's thinking about possibly joining up. And if you go back to before, um, and here's another reason why I think it's BS. There was a clip of Curry responding to LeBron now I'm gonna see if I can find this this happened a couple this was around the same time uh Curry uh Curry was asked about uh about LeBron wanting to play with him. And Curry said, I got to find it. But Curry said, I'm good. It was like a kind of a short clip. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, here we go. This was a year ago, right? One year ago. And this is on ESPN site. Right here. Let's see if we can
1: play it. Boy said... (laughs) Who? Uh-oh. You hear what your boy said? Who, my boy? Take a listen. Who else you want to play with? Um, In today's game, <laughs> Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Steph Curry's the one that I want to play with. Oh, shoot. The chef. <laughs> you know what? Hey, he might want to play with you next weekend now. That is <laughs> phenomenal. When did he say that? Was that on the shop? Yeah. Oh, I guess the latest tonight. one, yeah. Okay. Nah. <laughs> well, he got it. We, we got his wish. So he's the captain. He's picked me the last two uh, All Star games. So I don't know if that suffices, but I'm good right now. How's that make you feel, though? Good right now.
0: He said I'm good right now. So Curry, you know, laughed it off. He look Curry is flattered that LeBron wants to play with him. Right? He's flattered because LeBron He's LeBron James, but. Curry says, "I'm good right now. I'm good." So you telling me now, all of a sudden, knocking down the door for LeBron, who's a couple years older. I don't think so. I just don't buy it. Now, like I said, is there any chance that Golden State would have would probably be interested if if it was on the table? Yes, but I don't think it was initiated by Golden State. I don't think they were begging. They probably were just saying, "Hey, you know, LeBron's not happy over there," and they probably heard it through LeBron. Remember, LeBron, LeBron is the one that came out first saying he's not happy. That first half, was Stephen A. said LeBron's not happy with Laker management, that's true. I I can believe that, and LeBron was looking for an exit. But what happened was, LeBron's not happy with Laker management. He probably put it out there over the. in in this space, through Rich Paul, hey, you know, LeBron's not really happy here. Golden State hears about it, because, you know, they're right down the block or in San Francisco. Oh, he's not happy. Okay, What's, what's going on there? Let's investigate. Probably other teams did, too. And Rich Paul's like, ah, talk to LeBron. What are you thinking? I don't know. They're not doing what I want. I don't know. So then, you know, Maybe LeBron put it out there beforehand to see if the Lakers would go out and make some real moves, thinking, well, if LeBron's talking about leaving, we might have to trade him before the end of the year. But they caught his bluff. Jeannie Buss, like, we're not trading LeBron. We're not trading him. And we're going to keep the roster the way it is. You're going to have to figure it out. I think that's how it went. So now they throw the story out there and make it seem like Golden State was begging for LeBron. I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. Now, of course, I'm nobody, but the pieces don't add up. You can listen to Stephen A. Smith, who's got sources and knows everybody, Woj and Ramona Shelburne. These people Shelburne, these people are, this is what they do for a living. So of course they are more credible than me, but I'm just saying from the timeline, things are not, don't make sense. They don't add up. It just doesn't add up. Just sit back and think. Just because they're in sports media, NBA, ESPN, doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that they're right. And I highly doubt Stephen A. was going to sit there and tell Woj and Ramona that they were completely wrong. Of course, he was going to co-sign it because he wants to co-sign everything. Oh, yeah. I went around and talked. So he said he went around and talked to all the sources, but he didn't talk to Rich Paul, the guy who who was being accused of killing the deal. So, yeah, I, I could say that it's absolutely true. But uh the guy who because remember, deals are initiated, the agents talk hang, talk to the teams, right? Say my, my guy might be interested in playing with you. Right? Because how would Golden State know that? Hey, is LeBron available? Does LeBron wanna come over here and play with us? Rich Paul would know that. Rich Paul would know first. So To say that he could come out on TV and co-sign a story from two people without even talking to Rich Paul and admits it on TV. Yeah, to be clear, I didn't speak to Rich Paul, so you know, for all we know, maybe he didn't kill it. We don't know, but I can tell you here, if LeBron killed it, if Rich Paul killed it, then that means LeBron killed it. Ah, come on. Just a bunch of nothing. Okay? They're trying to cover LeBron's ass. LeBron wants more help and they're trying to dump it on Golden State, for are to take the bullet here. But Curry said it, I'm good. I don't want to play with LeBron. Because LeBron sucks the oxygen out of the room. His own bus buddies are not interested in playing second fiddle. He saw Curry saw what happened when Dwayne invited LeBron down in Miami. What happened? It went from Wade's team to LeBron's team. Think Curry wants to go through that in late 30s? Think he wants to go through? You think he wants LeBron in Golden State? No, he doesn't want to go through that. And Curry C smells blood. Think about it. If Curry could somehow win another title and one up LeBron in the same era, right? How can you make the case of LeBron's a goat then? Curry's thinking about that. Hey, man, if I could one up you in your own era. But you're talking about LeBron's a GOAT. You got a guy in his own era who got four titles. <laughs> Curry's like, uh, I don't think so. I could one-up you. I'm not going to let you join us, grab another ring. Right? These guys are thinking about their legacy, man. And LeBron thinking about his legacy, too. I'm pretty sure he's thinking the same thing. But Curry more so. He wants to probably, He wants to beat LeBron. LeBron wants to join him. Because he figures if I join him, if we could tie, I'd rather have a tie than allow him to go off and possibly win another one while he one-ups me in my own era. Because the last thing LeBron wants to do is have Curry have more than him in his own era when he's trying to convince everyone else that he's the greatest ever, right? So would it make more sense? Golden State begging for LeBron or LeBron wanting to go join Curry after LeBron already said he wanted to join Curry. And Curry already said he was good. So just think about that. Look, nothing against Woj, Stephen A., and Ramona, but they are at ESPN. ESPN is like CNN of sports news, okay? That's all I got to say on that. That's all I got to say. So, uh, The uh So that's the end of that. I mean, I'm done with the LeBron topic there. And we're already over an hour in, so the other topics are going to have to just... Maybe I'll address those topics on Sports Study Radio. Go on YouTube.com slash Sports Study Radio, also on Rumble, and give us a follow and a like. I may go live on there either tonight or tomorrow, and we'll talk other stuff. So that's it for this episode of Sports Study podcast. This episode of the Sports Today podcast is sponsored by nobody. And look, when I say nobody, I mean nobody. It's not the name of a company, not the name of a brand. I probably should come up with that. I should have some shirts say nobody, right? That might be good. Sports shirts saying nobody. So when I do say sponsored by nobody, it could actually be a brand. There's probably a brand out there called nobody, to be honest. Maybe I'll reach out and find out if if it is. Hey, nobody, what's up? (laughs) Anyway. All right, guys, look. Enjoy the rest of your week. It's going to be a bit of a slow week this week as far as uh, sports is concerned. If you're into the whole Caitlin Clark thing, uh, if you care about that, you know, I guess that would be going on. She'll break the record, which, you know, I know it's not a big deal. People don't really like women's basketball. Kind of boring. But. It's the Caitlin Clark thing has become a bit of a phenom. Also, um, oh yeah, there was. I, did I address the Kansas City Chiefs shooting? I think we did talk about that. No, we talked about the parade. I don't want to talk about the shooting. Let's end the podcast on a on a on a better note, so I won't even get into that. But uh, yeah, I may I, maybe I'll talk about that more on Sports Daily Radio tonight if I go live. But YouTube and uh, Rumble at Radio. Also, send me an email at sportssteady at ProtonMail.com. SportsCity at ProtonMail.com. So if you want to reach out to the podcast, maybe you wanted to appear on the podcast or anything like that. Because this is the podcast network run by sports fans. Not run by a network, not run by a corporation. Run by sports fans. You're no different than me. We're all the same here. So I want you guys to really respond to some of these topics today. I want I want to know your thoughts. Tell me what you're thinking so I can really react to them. And um, so that's what I want to do. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Enjoy yourself. And stay safe. Sports page run by sports fans. Peace.